Good morning. Welcome to our radio show. Today's radio show is entitled, How to Be Your Industry Expert. It's not that hard. And I must say, I'm very happy today to have here Nick Hayes. Nick, I've been trying, I've been twisting his arm for ages, but we've managed to tie him down. Nick's background is a fascinating one. Nick's got a background in the media, um, over a number of years, executive positions in media intelligence and monitoring, all foreign words to us laymen. Um, in Australia and New Zealand, uh, he ran a successful PR agency for a number of years, and he's now doing what he's always had a goal of doing, which is uh, having a, a band of high-quality vetted experts in a directory to be able to work with media across the country. Um, good, good day to you, Nick. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, that's a pleasure. Love to got you. Th love to have you here. Now, everyone that's here, I suggest have your notepad grab a pen and a highlighter and just write a few notes while you're going through this because it's always good to remind remind yourself and of course you can re-listen you can listen to it again afterwards and if you contact us or look in our uh, members vault area there will be a transcript that you'll find available so just to get the ball rolling um put you on the spot there nick and um, totally unscripted how can you be the industry expert <laughs> it, it's uh, it's a very good question, Brian. I think it's uh, it's probably the question that most people in business have, have always asked. I always remember when we were uh, putting Media Stable together, what was it that uh, attracts media to certain people within industry? Why do we always go to the same person for comment or go to that same expert all the time to, to get their thoughts and views? And it came down to a couple of reasons. The reasons were being that they had a prior relationship with the media, they were very good talent, and they knew what they were talking about. But the number one key element there is relationships. They had a relationship with the media. They were tried and tested. So media in its natural state, in whether it be radio, television, newspaper, and even online media, just goes to the people that they can trust. It goes to people that are tried and tested, and they know that they're going to get what they require. And ultimately, it's just knowing what the media requires. You know, that makes absolute sense because every listener here who's got a business uh, has got a customer, and they need to know what their customer's needs are, what their avatar is, their profile, their demographics. And we're talking about the same principle but applying it to a fo very finely focused area. And I, I know that that's why you founded Media Stable, um, and the fact that it operates nationally, you've got a whole host of sources and you've got a fascinating way you've actually created the business in the, in the regards to you, you work with a limited number of sectors so that uh, everyone's not sort of climbing over themselves. So what, what's the objective behind that in, in what you're doing? Well, we originally went out and put these experts together. I, I suppose even in my PR days and in my media intelligence days, we we found that uh, a lot of good quality people out there, but they just ne didn't necessarily have a voice or a platform to, to talk to or talk from. So that was a, a very good start, a, a great opportunity to go away and present them there. I, I think where we probably see Media Stable sees it's more of it as a content provider. We, we see ourselves as the content experts in that we have... A, our mission is with all the media outlets that we work with, whether, again, radio, television, newspapers, and we, we talk to just under 400 media professionals on a daily basis, we're out there to provide them good quality content. So we actually have a, a proactive and a reactive approach 
in that we provide media with a lot of content, a lot of stories that are actually derived from our experts across 60-odd sectors. And also, too, media comes to us to say, hey, have you got a good family law lawyer? Have you got a really good health professional? Have you got a good teacher, someone in the education system that can comment on this? And we've got them sitting there ready, lined up. Now, that could be in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, Western Australia. It doesn't matter where they're at. We've got them filled up in those spots. And you, you mentioned earlier, yes, we don't oversubscribe. We don't throw everyone in because ultimately we want every one of our experts to get a certain amount of return on investment. We want them to be in the media. We want them to engage. We want them also to build their relationships with the media. Uh, that is so important. The reason it's so important is we, we are, again, just a platform to be seen and heard on what is a really busy, very loud world out there. We just raise you a little higher so that the media can see you and know that the experts that are sitting within Media Stable are the trusted experts. They're the right experts to go to. Makes sense. Absolute sense. We're all looking for experts these days. We can't spend our time chasing around. <laughs> I know I've used AAP and these people in the past, but, you know, very limited uh, results. So... Uh, a question, um, media's changing at a rapid rate. We all know this, but we haven't got our fingers on the pulse necessarily. There's so many different ways you can promote yourself or your product. And, you know, all these different platforms online, hard, you know, traditional newspapers. What's the state of play as far as that's concerned now between the old traditional and what let's call the new media? Well, we're currently talking on a new media platform, which is fantastic. And, you know, Brian, you know, we wouldn't be given this opportunity to do this maybe five, six years ago. It's just a complete different world where people are looking for smart information. They're looking for targeted information. And they really want to be, they've got choices. They've just got so many more choices <laughs> to, to where they can digest their information. So I think the state of play is simply this. Radio is still continuing to do very well. Radio is an, an amazing um, platform to because we, we, we are a country that still requires us to be in our cars. And it's a great uh, medium to be able to just have it in the background and to be tuning in. TV, well, we've all seen a little bit of the demise of TV, and the, the, the reason TV is, is falling off a little bit is because advertisers, uh, uh, that's the, their whole return on investment. That's how they work out that. But TV is under extreme pressure from the Internet and is under extreme pressure because we can actually digest TV shows from just about anywhere around the world by the flick of a button. Newspapers, well, look, for 55 years, 60 years, they've been calling for the demise of newspapers. Uh, and But for the majority of decision makers out there, and, and for, for most of the listeners of your program, Brian, they'll be looking to communicate to the decision makers. Newspapers is still the number one way people will, particularly those that have got their hands on the purse strings, will make decisions. It's something that, you know, anyone over the age of 40 still sees as being a very trusted and reliable source of information, whereas things in the internet can be a little bit different. But let's look at the reality here. The internet is where everything is happening, online. You need to be online. If you're not doing things online, you're not going to be seen in a few years from now. Uh, many of your 
your listeners will have uh, had subscribed to Yellow Pages in the past, and that was probably one of the best ways to advertise your business maybe six, seven, nine years ago. And that, that would be fine, but today it would almost be a complete and utter waste of money, depending, on again, on the business that you're involved in. Mm. So my advice, and also to just talking about state of play of the media, Look, it's a really, really exciting time. It's a really exciting time to see lots of mediums now develop. But I think you're going to want to look at new media a little bit more closely than you would be investing too much in traditional media at the moment. Traditional media is still thriving. It's still where your market is, but you're going to want to have a little bit of play on online media. Right, so I'm a sailor, and the advice I got Years ago, was don't have your don't have one leg on the on the on the on the jetty and one in your boat. Um, how do? But we've got to be in traditional media and new media at the same time. Is that right? Which is the most influential? Oh, look, I still say traditional media is the most influential, particularly with the decision makers. But again, every business has a different decision maker. Mm. And I think that uh, with the CEO and the MD, you would still say that radio, television, newspaper is still their most influential medium. But I reckon if you're going to be looking at in, let's say, 10 years' time, those decision makers are going to be changing. Mm. Uh, younger audiences coming through. I mean, Brian, we have, we have consumers out there that have never, ever paid for a newspaper. Never, ever paid for a newspaper. <laughs> Quite frightening, considering the newspaper... 15, 20 years ago, was almost the only and the driver of all media, not just in this country but around the world. It's a very different world now. But my advice to everyone is if you're going to be wanting to be seen by a consumer or wanting to be seen by a decision maker, you need to have a foot in just about every door that you can possibly have, and that is traditional new media online, wherever you can possibly be. You don't necessarily have to be on Facebook and Twitter. You always ask the question, why are you on Facebook and Twitter? That's one line, but I would say traditional media, you want to be seen as the, as, as the person that the media goes to because they do give you that rubber stamp, that endorsement that you are the person that we need to be talking to. Yes, actually, if, if I was a teenager again, <laughs> relish the thought, I'm not sure about that, I wouldn't have a job because I used to do two newspaper rounds every morning for when I was 11 to when I was about 16 or 17, I guess. So, you know, um, things are changing and uh, the influence, the, the impact is dramatic. So w from your point of view, you give us a bit of background of what you do and how you do it, which I find fascinating. I mean, you're, you're the emergence of a new type of business. The business that I have, how to franchise simply, is fairly uni is unique in the field it does, and I think you seem to be, to my mind, unique in what you do. So what sort of experts are you looking for for your, in really comma, media stable? The, the stable's looking for all kinds of experts. Typ a typical expert is someone who has been in their industry 10, 15 years. Um, we prefer to work directly with the business owners themselves because they are, again, the decision makers and normally the ones that have got a point of view or have got something to share. Um, we, there's, oh, look, I've got, I've got sex experts. I've got everything right through to, to dental hygiene experts. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that have got, uh, industry background, business background. 
they don't necessarily know or or are convinced that they actually are the expert out there. But if they have a point of view, if they've got commentary that they want to make, and also to look this way, and we're not a public relations company by any means, but when you are the expert, you are the one that is presenting in front of media. You are in editorial. You are not paying for it in advertising dollars, but what you are paying for is intellectual property dollars. You're providing your expertise out there and uh, you're getting the what I would say a return on investment as being recognised as the expert. So the kind of experts we're looking for to answer your question is everyone and anyone, but they've got to have certain, certain uh, areas they've got to be able to tick off. And also, too, Media Stable is a vetted process as well. We don't just take everyone because they've got the annual subscription to go away and pay. We take them because they're media ready, they're right for media, and also to their objectives are right as well. We, we, we need to know that they're not here just to completely sell their business. They want to add value to their industry. They want to add value to the conversation out there because we all know if you're trying to sell something, you'll be very quickly caught out. Um, if you are trying to add value to people's lives, that is the real essence of an expert, that is where people will end up coming back to you because you're adding value to their lives. Right, that makes absolute sense. That ties in with our philosophy of how to franchise simply that you need to determine, you know, what's your reason for doing what you do? What's your why? What's your big why? What is it that drives you? So you're looking for that emotional, fundamental sort of uh, passion that people have got to better express that rather than just say, I'm a bloody good plumber. Yeah, exactly. I look at the, the the biggest mistake most people will make, and you know, we, we, when you're looking at editorial and you're also being interviewed on radio or, or or on a television piece, you will you will feel this urge to go away and give out your phone number, your address, or sell your business. But today, you don't need to do that. Just your name alone, Brian Keane, Nick Hayes, you only have to look them up on the internet. This is the way people do this today, is they Google. And once you start acquiring a few radio interviews, a couple of newspaper articles and some television pieces, you'll start to see that your uh, name will come a little higher up the Google list. It'll start being a little bit recognised, but also to consumers, they want to find out more about you before they actually talk to you. They want to be able to trust you before they actually make that first phone call or email their first amount of interest because everything's out there. And if you're not doing it, you can be assured your competitor is. Uh, that's it, because I think in most fields, there are, we'd all recognise people out there who are claiming to be the experts. Uh, and that, that, that presents a challenge to my mind because how do you present yourself as the real expert, um, and, and from your point of view, I, I would imagine that's a part of your expertise is how do you do that. See, how, how do you actually place someone in a marketplace where there are perhaps already one or even a number of recognised experts? All right, look, that's, that actually is the easy part. That's the easiest part for what we do because the, the actual fact is media uh, across all uh, mediums are looking for different experts. They're looking for different voices. And also to um, some of the old experts, and I and I and I, I even include myself in it. I've, I've commented on media for a long, long time. But um, 
some of the old voices are not with it today. You know, they don't know all the lingo. They don't know the technology that's coming through. Mm. And also, too, they're not necessarily up to date where we've found that uh, media as a whole is looking for new experts, new voices, new opinions. But what we're doing, it we're doing it smartly. They're looking for content. And that's ultimately what makes a good expert is their content, their intellectual property. Because, Brian, we lived in a world where our intellectual property was kept secure. It was behind the safe, behind closed doors. It was <laughs> under the covers. It was under the bed. We never, ever let it out. But now our real value is our intellectual property. It's what we stand for. It's who we are as a business person and as a business. We want the rest of the world to know how we go about it because there is no secret behind those special things that we do. Um, ultimately, we want everyone to know why we are so special and why we're good at what we do because that will attract new business. And that's one of the great ways that we uh, are able to present as experts. If they're prepared to spread their content, if they're prepared to give out their intellectual property, then they will do exceedingly well. They will kill it because their competitor will be still sitting there going, well, I can't tell you how I do that because that's uh, that's how I do business. That's the core reason why I'm in business. Well, not today. You've got to be able to give it out and you've got to let people know about it. That's, that's absolutely true. And I look at a lot of um, content from the States and there are some people who are really leading the field over there, Brendan Burchard and people like that. And it, um, it, it took me a while to get used to the fact that they are giving away, you know, e-books and, and and videos and so forth with a lot of what we would have called their well it's, it is always their intellectual property but what we would have called some of their trade secrets and yet they're happy to do that because as far as they're concerned that's how they establish their authority and their credibility so that you feel comfortable spending money to get access to them and their more their, their advanced programs and so forth so it's going to happen more and more I don't think many people in this country are yet attuned to that um my, You're spot on. My You're spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the United States are well ahead of us. I mean, and even in the UK, they're well ahead of us uh, as far as presenting our intellectual property. The reason why we are the experts and the, the reason why people come to. I'll give you a good example of this, Brian. You know, you can. I, I had a client there that basically put everything out on the line with a newspaper article, and with that one newspaper article, attracted four brand new clients. Out now. From that, they could have kept it quiet, they could have kept it secret, they could have just let it go by and uh, and just not do anything about it. But because they were prepared to not take a risk, because in today's world this is not a risk, this is more about, well, brand positioning and placing yourself in so that you are ahead of everyone else that presents themselves. You can send me a 30-page document that says how great you are, but if I listen to one radio interview, I listen to one podcast, or if I listen to one, you know, read one newspaper article about you and what you stand for, I'm far more convinced that I should be doing business with you than your wonderfully produced 30-page document that might as well have been written by, well, was written by you, but you'll only ever tell me the good things. I will always find out the bad things. I can find them out very easily online, but I want to find good things about you because I want to work with you, not because you've got the greatest product in the world. I want to work with you because I like you. Right. You pretty much, uh, we've sort of worked through quite a bit here, so my next question was going to be, what does it take to be an expert? I, I think you've probably covered that. Was there anything you've got to add there? I don't want to 
that particular question. <laughs> no, there is a lot more to add because the other the other side of being an expert, it's not just about the content, it's it's being prepared to do this as well. Um, you've got to give up some time. You know, we we look at this, this is this is not, not an investment monetary investment, this is an investment in time. And also to have some strategy. I mean, every expert that is out there is 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 there because they've actually strategized their way through this. They haven't done media just for the sake of doing media. You might want to get into your local community newspaper or you want to be in the Australian Financial Review, but you've got to have certain goals and certain uh, strategy that is going to take you there. At Media Stable, we work off a three-year strategy. We believe that we can get you the engagement, we can get you uh, early runs on the board in your first year. We want the second year then to be a, a year that establishes you further and then the third year, we want you to own it. We want you to be the absolute expert where people can actually say, hey, I know who that fella is. Uh, that's Brian Keane. He's the franchise expert. We should be talking to him. Understood. Okay, fine. So, uh, so you've, you've pointed out here really what I need to be. Um, do I need training? I mean, do I need particular, you know, do I need voice training? Do I need you know, uh, coaching from the point of view of being able to conduct a radio interview or a, a television uh, interview, for example, uh, all areas which intimidate us naturally because we're not <laughs> used to those forums. Um, but how, how do we go? How do we go about that and not just wet our pants? Uh, excuse me. You know, when we're sitting there, <laughs> sitting across the table. Uh, Brian, I've been doing this for 17 years. Even the thoughts and just the idea that a journalist is going to call me and ring me, it still brings a, a small shiver up my uh, spine. And, you know, I have been doing this for years. It's uh, it's actually quite ridiculous. It's it's probably one of the most unnatural things you will ever do in your life is to uh, have a microphone put in front of you and uh, and ask about your views on, on on particular subjects where you might be saying, well, why are they asking me? Well, look. It's about confidence with the media. I always say this. The, the number one thing that you have to have when dealing with any media is just to have the confidence to understand how media works. If you understand that, then you are nine-tenths of the way there. I think with most people, I, I don't like to change their natural character because it's the natural character that I can hear the passion and the energy in their voice and that's so important, particularly when you're doing a forum like a podcast or in, uh, in, in the case of radio, you, you, you're actually listening to that voice and you can hear the energy behind it and the reason why you want to be working with that person. TV, TV is a whole another thing because I, I just, uh, not just the voice, but also too visually, it's, uh, it's a medium there that is incredibly intimidating especially to those that have never had that uh, kind of experience before. Newspaper I find a little bit easier, but newspaper always, uh, yeah, it can be edited and it can be touched up. And there'll be a few people out there today listening, Brian, that will have uh, been touched up maybe by a newspaper journalist in the past. Uh, they said a, 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 you know, half an hour's worth of work and then they've only grabbed the one line out of there that uh, they were actually looking for. So ultimately what we're talking about here with media training, Yes, it is required for some. I don't like to change people's character. I think the character's got to be the same because you can't really change that. But if you've got confidence to work with the media, 
Know what the media is looking for. Know what a radio broadcaster is looking to go away and extract. Know what a TV journal is going to do or a newspaper journal wants. Then uh, you will be far more confident in delivering your message. You will get across what you're looking to go away and get across. And also, too, the media will end up working better for you because it'll be a piece that you'll be quite proud of. It'll be a piece that you'll be able to be able to put up on your website. It's a piece that you'll be able to deliver to your current clientele, reinforcing why you are the expert and why people uh, are coming to you. And it's a great little piece to send around to your future clientele because when you're dealing with your future clientele, you're trying to give them a reason to either leave their current supplier or give them a reason to engage with you or give them a reason to even just hear from you. Uh, it's so important. So to, uh, to get back to answering your question, not completely necessarily to have media training, just make sure that there is a certain level of confidence to working with media. I like something, I picked up on one little point there you made, so thank you for that. You said that it reinforces your current clients and your, or, or your customers. That's, that's a point that actually hadn't really occurred to me so much, but, uh, it's, it's, that is very relevant because we, we can easily take our current clients, customers for granted. Um, and I, I can see that a bit of exposure when they're aware of that reinforces the decision they've made. So they're saying, ah, I made the right decision. You know, this is the this is the person I'd I'd like to work with. Yeah, look, absolutely. I I think first and foremost, with anything that, and the reason we do media is to keep our current clientele in mind always first. They are your bread and butter. They are the people that are putting the uh, the food on the table, and we should really really look after them because for some clients, for some for some businesses out there, losing one or two clients in a in a in a small period of time can be extremely damaging. So you want to reinforce your own current clientele and tell them. They already know you. They understand who you are, and they'll, they'll take great joy in hearing you on a radio interview or listening to you or, uh, or watching you on TV because they'll go, you know what, I made the right decision. I'm with the right person. That's where I should be, and I'm glad I'm going to stay. The other side of it, yeah, with the future clientele, look, we're all trying to market. We're all looking to try and sell what we do. Um, how we do it, how we go about it, this is a little bit of a different way. Um, I don't actually dismiss advertising. I think you've got to advertise. For, for a lot of businesses out there, you still got to continually drip feed your messages, your brand, what you are, who you are out there. But I think there's a little saying that we have here at Media Stable is that you glaze over advertising, you read editorial. And if you can be part of editorial, that's just crucial. It's just so important because people will listen, they will watch, they will read, they will take note. And it may not be the first, second, third media engagement that they see you, but it could be the fourth and fifth one. And that just goes, I know who Brian Keane is. I'm going to have to go and have a chat with him. I think I need to be having a word to him. He seems to be the person that's in the know. You know, for my for my clients, the members of my program, and and others who are listening to the to this radio show today, that have perhaps made contact with me through one 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 me, media or another, the fact is that um, this is an area we probably overlook. We we do advertise, but actually getting out there and getting this you know this suppose this expert status and getting into the media is just invaluable. And uh, 
you know, most of us can send a picture and a little story to the local free newspaper, um, but that's not really what you, where you want to be, is it? You really need to be in more recognised um, uh, sort of space. Yeah, look, it, it really just depends on the business and, and what you're looking to go away and achieve and, and where you want to be. I think the, the number one thing is that everyone out there, everyone out there has the potential to be the expert, the go-to person when it comes to their industry and their sector. They've just got to tick a few of the boxes there that we've just discussed then. But I think, you know what, there, you really, you know, there is no limit to what you can achieve and the media that you can achieve because we've had stories present on the projects, on a current affair, um, right through the Today morning programs, all the morning programs across the national networks, the newspapers right across online. There's not many talkback radio stations that don't get a media feed, what we call um, media board. So generating and, and, and actually a smorgasbord of different uh, stories and opportunities for people to be talking about. But the number one thing is you just don't know. The timing could be perfect. A good example of this, Brian, is we had a we had our security expert. Um, he was going on the Today program, Channel 9, on a Tuesday morning, and it just so happened the same morning there was a uh, terrorism alert in Melbourne and the uh, a, a gentleman had been killed, and the whole idea of terrorism in our media had, had popped up. He was already sitting in the Channel 9 studios about to do another piece on local security. Well, he ended up becoming one of the, the number one spokespersons around the country for national terrorism, and all because it came down to timing. Mm. So there's a lot of different things that can be in your favour, um, there's a lot of things that can work against you. I've had people line themselves up to go to a, a morning studio and, and then get, uh, and then, and unfortunately were dumped for the fact that the Malaysia MH17 had come down. You know, that was a disastrous thing. You can't help that. Um, and, and, and a very sad case. But again, media is a, a business that is completely evolving and thriving all the time. And it actually is calling out to all the people that are listening here today. Hey, we want to hear from you. We want to, we want to know what you're on about. We want to know what you've got on your mind. It's just that they don't have a platform to be seen from. And, uh, and that's basically what Media Stable provides. Nick, it's obvious you've got your finger on the pulse. And uh, I'm, I'm really fascinated to hear what you say. You're very eloquent. So you explain that very well. And you mentioned earlier about the changing of media, you know, the, the emergence of online and, the fact it's still relevant to be there in, in, in the newspaper, that radio's a good medium to use. Um, but all in all, it's really all about brand positioning and being out there. Um, from your point of view, where, where, where are you focusing your thoughts looking at the future of media? What do you, what do you really think we should be expecting? Oh, really good question, Brian. Really good question. And I do get asked this a little bit and, and where it's all heading towards. Look, Traditional media, and I, and I mentioned that radio, radio is that one medium that's in the traditional media forum that is still growing. There is advertisers are still keen to, to be part of radio because it's still a, a medium that you don't need to have. You, you can be at work, you can be in the car, you can have it on at home in the background. And this again, a bit like what we're doing here with a podcast is that we've got a targeted audience, a group of people that could actually be sitting there hopefully having a cup of tea, doing some work and just taking in a, a few notes. 
radio will still continue to grow and I still think will be one of the most powerful mediums out there, particularly in this country. Newspaper, look, there's no denying it that there is a decline in that. And even in recent years, we've just seen the amount of journalists that have been let go. And the requirement, though, is still to fill the same amount of paper. They've mm. still got to get that amount of stories in. But the reason is that the, there's, there's probably a third, even getting close to, a half less journalists than there were, let's say, 9, 10, 12 years ago. The other side of it is TV. I still think TV. TV is, is really working hard to make itself still relevant uh, for today. And I think that what we're seeing with technology is that we're able to go away and bring up programs on demand. And at the moment, traditional TV is trying to work and deal with that. The one thing with TV, though, and and the reason it is still incredibly powerful, and I mentioned it earlier, is that it's the most popular medium there with the decision makers that are out there. If they see it on TV, if they see it in the night's news, if they see it uh, in, a, in a particular program, they're going to take that in far greater than what they would with something online. Everything online at the moment, we still have to take with a grain of salt. We have to know what's the motivation behind the person that's produced that online. You know, are they a reputable uh, media outlet? Do we trust what they've got to say? Um, we've seen lots of mistakes happen, particularly in social media on Twitter, where information has been shared, but it's been inc incorrectly shared. So we're seeing that. But look, it's getting better at that. They're getting, they're getting better at delivering. They're fine tuning this. So, it is very much heading down an electronic path and platform. And we mentioned earlier, we've got, we've got a generation that has never ever paid for a newspaper. And that, that, that scares me because <laughs> that generation in around 20, 25 years, they will be the decision makers and they're the people that are actually going to be the ones that are, are going to be, uh, have the hands on the purse strings to deliver out the money. And traditional media, I don't think there's going to be a huge amount, particularly with newspapers, a lot of money there for them. But, look, it's a really exciting time, and I think um, particularly with, with television, newspapers and radio, I, I still think that we're looking at another, at least another three to four, maybe even five years of complete dominance. Um, but online media, you can see it just creeping in and creeping up. But one last thing I'll leave you there with, Brian, is that, we seem to judge and we seem to assess the success of online media through its advertising and through the amount of money that's being invested into it. Uh, whether it has the same effect, online advertising, as opposed to traditional, I don't necessarily think so because there's already means and methods to, to keep that advertising away and, and, to, and to take that off, the, off the, the, the medium that we're looking at there. So... I would, my advice to anyone is to, to make sure that you're still in traditional media, but, um, get, keep a very close eye now. And if you're not doing anything in, in new media, um, you should be, you should be doing it yesterday. Right. So it's all about strategy. Isn't business all about strategy? Um, Nick, I'd just like to, to say I really enjoyed the, 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 the discussion that we've had. Um, and I hope that uh, Nick's managed to answer any questions that you had. If you've got any more questions, uh, listeners, please um, give you Nick's contact details shortly or get in touch with myself and I'll forward it through. So um, from that point of view, Nick, how do we get in touch with you? 
Or you can you can email me. Uh, it's nic at mediastable.com.au. Um, I'm even on Twitter at Nick underscore Hayes, which um, is a <laughs> is a medium I love using, Brian. I absolutely adore it because I get to see what all other journalists are doing and what they're working with at the moment. And and again, it's not about keeping things private. It's about keeping things public. And obviously, I'm not going to be telling you what I've had for breakfast on Twitter, but uh, I like to share lots of good um, information around. And the Media Stable has also a Twitter handle as well. We're on Facebook. Uh, we've got a lovely website. We're, we're just everywhere where you need to be today. So basically, into the website or or nick at mediastable.com.au. Brilliant. Okay. Now, um, just just in wrapping up then, um, that's the end of, uh, of our discussion today. Was there anything more in closing that you'd like to add to that, Nick? Yeah, look, just one last thing, Brian. I think, you know, when you're, when you're in business, there's a lot of pressures. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that you're going through on a daily basis and, and you, you want to be able to, to put yourself out there. And, and some people don't think they've got the time. They may not necessarily think that they've got the confidence to go away and work with the media. I think the number one thing that you, you want to do, if you believe in what you're doing and if you believe in the product and the service that you're providing, uh, back yourself. Back yourself and actually start being a voice of your industry. If you are a voice of your industry, you are the one that people will be going to. And I think almost you need to do it, not just because it's going to return great business for you, but also to you might owe it to your industry to be that voice because if you've got that experience and knowledge, share it because it's not about keeping it quiet. It's not about holding on to it and protecting it. Share your experience, share your knowledge, share your intellectual property. And I, I'm, I'm a big believer that the rewards will come with that because, you know, you almost owe it to your industry to be that expert. I can appreciate that. That's, that's wise advice. And, um, you know, for anyone um, of us that's uh, a bit nervous or apprehensive, I think it comes back to faking it till you make it because if you present, if you present yourself in that way, you will become it. Um, well, thank you very much indeed. Really appreciate that. Anyone that wants to discuss a little bit more about Media Stable and what their, uh, their stable of experts is, please get in touch with Nick. And I'll wrap up there saying thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Nick. Really appreciate your time. Look forward to catching up again soon. Thanks, Brian. Welcome to the Franchise